Hello and welcome to Lightmap from Sifter on Lightmap. We explore what it takes to make video games and the interactive media that we all know and love. Uh, it's a guide to interesting new gameplay experiences and in every episode we get to meet new developers, artists, musicians, researchers and more. Uh, this week I'm on my own but... Uh, joining me is Nick Lowe, the director, and Lauren Fletcher, the art director uh, from Hungry Sky, the creators of Necrograms. Uh, so thank you very much for joining us. No worries. Thanks for having us. Yeah, happy to be here with you. So you're not alone? <laughs> no, not alone. <laughs> not alone. Yes, yeah, sorry. No co-presenter this time. Um, we can't wait to learn more about Necrograms and more about Hungry Sky. Uh, so let's jump right in. Hi, I'm Fiona Bartholomew. And I'm Kyle Paletto. And here are the top stories this week on Walkthrough, Sifter's weekly news podcast for Sunday, 10th of March. We have the highlights from this week's Xbox Partner Preview. Roguelike deck builder Bellatro pulled from stores due to misunderstanding about its gambling content. A 2.4 million US dollar settlement has killed the two biggest Switch and 3DS emulators. And this year's BAFTA award nominations are here. You can get every episode of Walkthrough for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or on our website, sifter.com.au, every Sunday. You like insightful discussions about those high-profile games that everyone's talking about, then why not check out Sifter's other podcast, Mainstream, in your podcast feed right now. We talk about those high-profile titles, those AAAs, some of those other smaller indie darlings, featuring insights from the award-winning Sifter team and other special guests. You can find Mainstream in your podcast player. That's on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or head to the Sifter website, that's sifter.com.au. So Necrograms is a puzzle game for mobile devices um, featuring a variety of cats in a cat cafe. Um, I think we'll, we'll start with you, Nick. Um, in, your, in your words, um, how would you describe Necrograms? I would say Necrograms is a, a very accessible game, uh, a puzzle game for people who like puzzle games, but also we hope something which um, people who just like cute things <laughs> could could enjoy so very accessible but we found that some people take it very seriously uh, in our testing so yeah I mean you don't want to say that you've made something for everyone because that's always uh, a bit of a mistake but I think there's a lot uh, in necrograms for for anyone with a mobile phone who likes cute things yeah um, I think if we were to try and uh give examples of games that we've sort of based it off. It's probably, I mean, the, the name Necrograms is um, made of the Japanese word Necro for cat and then Nonograms. So, yeah. So Nonograms are a type of puzzle game. Um, I mean, lots of people are familiar with like crosswords and Sudokus and things like that. And a Nonogram, uh, most commonly in video games, uh, it's been called Picross. So you've got Mario Picross, and you've got Picross from the DS up to the 3DS and now Switch. Um, and it's a type of game that's got a grid, and on the grid um, some of the blocks are filled in and some of them aren't filled in. And they've got numbers on the top, uh, on the columns and on the, on the rows, and you kind of numerically figure out um, how to fill out this grid based on those numbers. Uh, and it's, it's a fantastic game. If you haven't tried nonograms or Picross, you should definitely try it out. Uh, I love it. 
Um, but I do find that seeing a grid with black and white boxes and numbers is a bit of a barrier for lots of people. And so we kind of refactored that sort of game uh, design, added a new mechanic, which makes more about sliding uh, things, moving cats around and moving cushions around. And, and I hope that it suddenly makes it now accessible to people who might get turned off by numbers or get turned <laughs> off by grids. Uh, you can kind of solve it intuitively and interactively by sliding things, and it looks adorable. So what's not, what is not to love? <laughs> yeah, I think you actually, um, like, while we were working on this, gave, gave me a copy of Mario Picross for Game Boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just for, for research purposes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, any kind of, like, Picross Sudoku sort of game. I love them, but also um, I'm not great at math. <laughs> So, yeah, just the idea of being able to move uh, things around and just, like, solve it by playing with it was, um, I don't know, I, that, that resonates with me a bit more. So it's a lot, a lot more of a visual game. Um, yeah, so it's probably, like, a combination of, like, like Pink Cross and with more of the aesthetic of something like Neko Atsume. So, yeah. As someone who has a pathological fear of numbers, um, thank you very much for designing it this way. I just... so. Uh, it's it's just a it, it's just a great experience for me personally because Sudoku scares me and uh, this with cats is just a much better thing for me to visually look at and understand. Um, so you were you were talking uh, b- briefly about getting more hands on. Can you tell me about a bit more about that idea? But I think it's I mean we've added lots of things to kind of play with that interaction you get from moving the cats. Mm. Um, so things like that kind of. We've got a library of meows that play out when you move them. When they wake up, they're like, meow. meow. Um, actually, our audio director, Ben, uh, he's not here at the moment, but um, he kind of chased his cat around the house and captured a uh, whole range of meows. Um, and we recently added uh, haptic and taptic feedback. Um, yeah. I feel it's particularly good on iPhone. Like, you can kind of feel as you go over the little blocks. Yeah. And you, you can kind of get a, a bit of a tactile sensation when the cats uh, go to sleep um, or wake up or both. I think we've got a whole range of different bits of tactile feedback. And one of our testers uh, said that um, although the soundtrack is fantastic because they play it on public transport um, and they don't want to be the person who's like, where are those cat noises (laughs) coming from? So they they turn off the audio and they just have it on on haptic feedback and they can kind of feel the game and still feel connected to it so it adds a bit more more life to it oh it's been really interesting adding it because um i mean haptics were quite a big deal with the switch when it launched um and then on the playstation 5 if anybody can actually get one um they've got the haptic feedback so it's nice seeing that uh on the smartphone it's not just the console realm sort of thing yeah i guess in in playing it as well it's um I don't know, this is the type of player that you are as well because, yeah, I'm also not great with numbers, but um, it sort of just allows me to play through a level and I just keep, like, just just playing around with it until I solve the problem. So, like, that I find a lot more, um, I don't know, a lot more comfortable for me to play puzzles with, so all right, more enjoyable, I guess. A uh, question for uh, more direct at Lauren. Um, can you tell me more about how the art style was developed? I played a lot of games like uh, like line play and um, yeah, I played like Neko Atsume, of course, and um, like Pokemon Shuffle and things like that. And 
um, yeah, I really wanted to get that kind of like, uh, I don't know, like chibi cat <laughs> sort of look. Um, just, I really liked the kind of lineless style of like the line play uh, artwork. And um, I just wanted to make them kind of like, I don't know, like candy almost. <laughs> like they've got that kind of squirrel sort of shape to them. They look like little apps. Or they, they, they kind of look like the tiles, I guess, that they sit on. It makes you just want to kind of like touch them and play with them. Um, and yeah, I guess playing those kinds of games, like uh, I always just personally wanted to work on a game where I could make a whole bunch of accessories, like cute accessories or something. So um, yeah, uh, that was something we added in afterwards was um, adding in silly little hats and things like that that they could wear. So just, it's just I just wanted to make it delightful for people. I have a lot of love for um, like when you go to Japan and they just have like a mascot for everything. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that kind of look. Um, just something really silly and delightful for people. Well, what are some of your favorite cat designs that you've uh, you've had to uh, or you've designed? Um, I mean, Peach Fuzz is, was the first cat that we designed, and it was really just um, like when we first made the game. It was for the Perth Games Festival, and um, the first version of the artwork that I did for Necrograms was like, it, it was, it looked quite different. Although after we updated it, it didn't change much from there, but I think it was like a similar color palette to Peach Fuzz. All of the cats looked like this. And I think the cat was like on its belly and <laughs> like the cats moved up and down and the cushions moved left and mm. right in that image. Anyway, we just had to get something and send it off in the program um, because we were jamming on it at yeah. the time. But um yeah, so when I when I made this, I really just uh, wanted to get like this kind of I don't know. I just really liked this kind of color palette um, of like the browns and like the the teal color and like the the kind of um, I don't know like those those like cafe sort of tones for the cats. And um, then later on, we started bringing in different breeds of cats because we were like obviously it's a cat game everybody wants to see their cat in the game so we started building other cat breeds and um i learned a lot about cat breeds <laughs> and like the different kind of eyes they have and things like that um i think the ones that are really like well, nobody actually knows this but all the cats have names um i just went into like a supermarket and just like picked up random things and so they all have really silly names like this one's called peach fuzz and the, the um, main coon is called Beam, um, and I really like Beam. Yeah, she's a, she's a good girl. Um, that's the other one that I really like. Uh, there's a Bombay cat uh, called Schrodinger, and, a <laughs> and uh, I think it's called Russian White called Boodleheimer, and I really like those two as well. They're very cute. I just love all cats, so I don't really have any favorites, but it was fun to... So you can't go past Boodleheimer, yeah, just as a word by itself. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Pretty fun to say. Yeah. I'm, I'm progressing through the game. I think I've, I'm just at the beach level. Spoiler, there's a beach level. Yeah, um, nice. um, and my favorite is Bean, I think. And uh, if, if um, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen them yet, but I would like them in the bread, the bread face. I haven't <laughs> oh, seen the main coon in the bread face. I don't know if that happens yet. I don't know if it's a spoiler, but there's a bread face cat. Hilarious. Love that. Brilliant. <laughs> Um, 
can you go into more, maybe more of a question um, for Nick, but uh, can you go into more of the level design and um, how that came to be? I know you're, um, you're, I know where your inspirations come from, but specifically for Necrograms, what goes into level design? Uh, well, I think as Lauren mentioned, the initial version of uh, Necrograms we made for the Perth Games Festival. Um, we're in a situation where uh, uh, actually the other director of the company, uh, Min and myself, we set up a non-profit in Perth called Let's Make Games. Um, and then it's gone on to now also run the Perth Games Festival and things like that. So we always feel a bit of a, like we need to support our baby in a way. <laughs> and so we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to totally sponsor that festival and we're going to have a booth there and everything and we'll figure out what we're going to show later on. <laughs> yeah, we need to have a game. <laughs> yeah. um, so we put it together and I think the initial level design was more about how do we communicate these game mechanics to people mm -hmm. uh, in a situation where they're going to come by the booth, have a few minutes to play, and they just want to clear enough so that they could complete their badge quest and, you know, <laughs> earn a pin or something. Um, so, yeah, we kind of designed the first one. So it's simple. You just learn that you slide the cat over and then it goes to sleep. And the next one is you slide the cushion and it goes down and then it goes to sleep. And so I think the first dozen levels are all about just communicating those mechanics. Uh, and then we grow the level size over time. You get a three by three where you have to move both the cushions and the cats. Uh, and then you get to a point where you're not just always getting three stars. You've probably figured out how to solve it, but maybe there's a more efficient way to do it. Uh, and honestly, I don't care about the official, <laughs> the efficient way to do it. I just like, okay, I'm finished it. I move on. But some people in testing, they just keep going until they get those three stars. Yeah, my mom's really into like three star and getting a perfect mm -hmm. score. And perfect. Yeah. yeah. Although we, we still feel like it's just an achievement to finish the level. So we kind of go like perfect, wholesome, mm -hmm. and just nice. And it's not a condescending nice. It's a genuine nice. It's like, yeah, you've like, done it. Like a thumbs up nice. Like a job. Yeah. Um, you also like, because the first version that we made for Game, Perth Games Festival, um, that was curated levels, right? And then we kind of looked into the... Yeah, so we kind of hit this point where we wanted to get um, a certain number of levels. So on launch, we're having uh, 120 levels. Um, so 40 levels each across three worlds. And then something that happens after the credits, which you'll need to play the game to get to. Uh, but some secrets. Maybe everybody's bread face. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, but, yeah, we worked with a programmer here called James Strauss, and uh, he helped us with a generator for the levels. So we've got this thing that can generate endless levels. Um, and then in our internal testing, we had a version of Necrograms where you could go into uh, a mode that just lets you um, get a new level. And then at the end, you could rate it. And we had these little emojis like thumbs up or... Yeah, that was for internal testing. Yeah. yeah. And all that went into a big spreadsheet. It was all graded by like how many moves people took and uh, whether they liked it or not. Um, and then we kind of like took the best of those thousands of levels that we played through um, and then put them into the game and gave them names and stuff like that. So when you're playing the game, you're really playing like the filtered down of all those levels down to the ones that we thought were really the best. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, I remember playing the the randomly generated ones uh, just to try and like hunt through and find good levels, and it really felt like a slog. Like now that they're curated, it just feels a lot more like I don't know that that sense of progression is there. So yeah, but definitely a big shout out to to James because yeah. he did a lot of work in the generator and sort of automatically rating them as well to get yeah. a guess of how many moves it would require. Um, you've got to make sure that they're not too sparse or they're not too dense because then they're too easy. So there's like this curve of, uh, of maths. There's this nexus of maths that results in uh, what we think might be good levels and then there's us playing them and determining if they are actually good or not and then there's what goes into our release. So it's quite an involved process and um, I think, yeah, it was lots, lots of fun, sometimes difficult. So frustrating. It's <laughs> so frustrating. Having to smash through so many levels. I think when we tested it, uh, we we started off with like I think it was like a hundred randomly generated levels, and I got to around like sixty five or somewhere in the sixties, and like I was just so I was getting really mad at Necrograms. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. We did also add a thing where you could just play the ones that were voted on. Yeah. So yeah. you're playing the yeah. best of. Yeah, you yeah. can sort of play the best of. That was um, good. Yeah, but we did find out that because we kept it a bit loose in terms of whether you say it's a thumbs up or, or a meh, um, some people were like, oh, this is a thumbs up because I could complete it, so it's pretty easy. <laughs> and then other people would be like, this one took me 20 years. I've got to give it a thumbs up. Um, so that's why we had to do a bit of sort of manual curation to kind of normalise them. Yeah, it was an interesting, like, rating system between was it – doable or was it challenging and enjoyable and that was what we were trying to those are the levels we were trying to locate yeah and we would get pretty direct feedback from people when it was too hard Uh, we had (laughs) we had one level that we took to pax a couple of years ago it was called le flow for uh the flower um and it stumped lots of people and um i don't think people were legit angry but i think they were like why (laughs) Yeah, sometimes I feel like the the guys of like cute cats is just um it's there to calm you down while you try and solve these really like quite difficult puzzles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like therapy. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, my next question was related to um how you got your start in game development. You went into a little bit of your history um in a couple of questions ago, but um, how did you get your start, Lauren? We'll start with you. How did I get into games, Dev? Um I mean, I really just started when I started working at Hungry Sky. Um, I didn't know a lot about the Perth Games community. Um, and Hungry Sky, like uh, uh, the company actually, like most of our work is client work. So we we make uh, interactive exhibits and things like that. Um, so uh, a lot of when we <laughs> we came to make Necrograms, we, we, okay, so we, we make interactive exhibits, but we also make games. A lot of them are just like educational ones and things you might see in like a museum or a, or a gallery or something like that. So a lot of those skills were already transferable by the time we started working on Necrograms. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I was I already had like ideas for what I wanted to do and everything. Um, yeah, and I, I, outside of Hungry Sky, I'd been working uh, freelance on various things and, yeah, I just I never set out to work specifically in games. I kind of just like fell into it because of the art skills that um that that I'd been working with at the time. But yeah, um, 
I think this is like <laughs> my, my preferable work. Like I really enjoy it. Like making our own products has been uh, really rewarding. So yeah. So, so good. <laughs> <laughs> like compared to client work, client work is, is, is great. Like I've learned so much through it, but um, yeah, having the freedom to like um, paint as many cats and, accessories so well within limitation yeah. but yeah it's been really um really freeing so that's been nice what what's left what, what what's left to go on necrograms oh that's a good question um we're comfortable with what we've got right now for release uh we've made a few minor changes here or there um but at release you're looking at those 120 levels across three worlds uh, when you get past the beach world, we haven't actually released any images of that world. Mm. Um, so if you get there, you could be the first to uh, to, to release anything. Um, but it's adorable. Uh, it's probably my favourite one visually. One it's very after. colourful, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, as I mentioned, there's a sort of a secret feature after the credits. Um, which, <laughs> Not so secret anymore. <laughs> well, yeah. you don't know what it is. Yeah, you know okay, it's there. okay. It's like we're totally sort of Marvel Cinematic Universe that, uh, without a cliffhanger because you actually just get a new feature in the game. Um, so we think there's lots of value there, um, lots of gameplay. Uh, in terms of future things, obviously it's on smartphones. Uh, it'll be coming out, as you mentioned, December 16. Um, but I want to see it everywhere, really. We want to get onto the consoles, get onto those developer programs, um, I'd love to see a side-by-side -side version or collaborative version uh, on Switch because we love the Switch. And then I just want, just for me, uh, I want all the merch. Like, I want the bed sheets and, and I want my stationery. Uh, we I already want, made a shirt and you wear it so much. All yeah. the time. Um, you know, it's good quality because it's lasted two years yeah. and you're wearing it all the time. Uh, but, yeah, I just... I just want to surround myself with the adorable cats. And um, <laughs> if I need to somehow convince everybody to manufacture all this so that I can have it, create my sort of shrine at home. <laughs> this whole thing was just a ruse so we could make huge, like, plushies and things. Yeah, I'm all about yeah. it. Um, so, yeah, we definitely we're super keen on it. Um, we kind of just see this as the start, I guess. Yeah. And we want to create more versions of it. I've got additional mechanics that we've uh, tested and planned out um, to kind of evolve the game. Um, yeah, it's just a matter of uh, rolling those things out. Maybe we need a like a standard uh, check in for check in later for more information, sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, this is this is our first game that we're releasing. Self published. Self published. Sorry, yeah, I shouldn't say first game. Self first self published game. So I think we're really just like, I don't know, personally I'm just like happy to see where it goes and I think we were just really excited <laughs> to get it done and like, yeah. you know, see how people react to it and, yeah, I'm just, yeah. Um, speaking of merch, is that cat going to be available? Is that, that your whole <laughs> thing, Lauren? For those of you... For those of you listening on the audio version, uh, uh, Lightmap is available as a video. And uh, if you go to uh, sifter.com.au, you can have a look at this video. Lauren is holding or has been holding this whole episode. The long, the longest of cats. Long, long yeah. cat. Yeah. I feel like we could go longer. I think we could. Uh... My, my, my dream. Was... That's, a, that's, a three, that's a three cushion cat, isn't it? 
<laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, I think we could. We need to make like some some cushions to sit under her. <laughs> yeah, this is our peach mascot. She's great. She's my favorite thing is the toe beans as well. That's great. Yeah, if if anybody is keen on on the long cat merch, let us know. <laughs> um, we just want to see what interest there is, and then we'd have to pick our favorites. Maybe we'll have to have people vote for it. I think if that's the case, we'll definitely make a bean. Um, yeah, and then what sizes? Yeah, just the chunkiest cats, the longest cats. Yeah. I just want to fill this office with uh, merch and then try to sell it. Long, I think. long cats. Yeah. I guess for the uh, final question, um, what are you most excited for people to experience in Necograms? That's a good question. Um, for me, firstly, sorry, I'm going to jump in. Yeah. Um, I think I just want people to, oh, gosh, I just realized I was going to say everything. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it's just people who may not have picked up that sort of puzzle game, that sort of nonogram challenging puzzle game, to be able to pick it up and enjoy um, that. So I kind of get to share my joy of that type of puzzle game with people who might approach that type of game in a different way. Uh, that's something I'm very, I'm very excited to, to see. Yeah. Um, I think I'm just, I, I hope that people get a giggle out of it. Like, um, yeah, I, think, I hope they just like, you know, come for the cats, stay for the gameplay. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, just, you know, like if you see your favorite cat wearing a silly hat or something, it just like makes you, it just gives you like some delight or like pleasure. That's that's really nice. Um, like even just the combination of that and like the music and that. Um, yeah. yeah, I just wanted it to be like a, like a nice relaxing experience for people, like a nice chill experience for people. Although the puzzles will get hard, um, but yeah, I just hope it's it's delightful for you. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, people, we get a giggle out of people. Yeah, yeah. That's so good. I think if you look at our patch notes during the beta, <laughs> almost every patch note was like added more puns. The <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, cat puns. Yeah. But yeah. We, we should do a shout-out to Ben as well, yeah. uh, Ben Hammersley, who is our uh, sound director. Um, he composed unique tracks for each level uh, and then a bonus track and then some custom tracks for some of our social media. And um, we've had a lot of feedback on that from the beta. People are like, when's the soundtrack coming out? And can yeah. I just play this in the background to, to you know, while I'm doing something creative? Uh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people really enjoy the audio, so. Thank you very much for joining me on this episode of Light Map. Uh, Nick Lowe and Lauren Fletcher uh, from Hungry Sky, two developers of Necograms. Uh, now, Necograms uh, will be available on the 16th of December. Um, you can look it up if you're watching this uh, live on Twitch, which will probably be live. Um, yeah, that is the 16th of December. It will be available on the Google Play Store or at necograms.com. Did I get that right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it will also be on the App Store as well. Oh, it will also be on the App Store, yes. On uh, if For those of you with iOS devices, but there are plans to bring it to many other platforms. Um, Lightmap is produced by Fiona Bartholomeus, Nicholas Kennedy, Daniel Ang, Sarah Island, Viv Thumb, Adam Christo, and uh, my name is Mitch Lowe. I am the senior producer of Sifter. 
and Lightmap, and Gianni Di Giovanni is our executive producer. You can find links to everything we talked about on our website, which is sickpix, uh, which is sifter.com.au, uh, and you can read more about the games and the guests we featured and all the information of where to get Necrograms uh, will be underneath this episode uh, on our website. Um, if, you, if you so wish, you can join the Sifter community. Uh, it's a Discord server. Um, it is sifter.com.au forward slash Discord uh, to get it there. We talk about games, uh, movies, anime, and... We have a specific channel for you to share what you've been working on. So if you've been working on a game, you've been drawing art, you've been painting miniatures, uh, we'd love to see what, you're create, what you've created because we're all about creative things here on Sifter. Um, one thing you can do to help support us is uh, to share the show. Um, it's free. Uh, we don't have a Patreon or anything like that. We rely on word of mouth. Uh, that is how most small podcasts get around. Um, you can send them the link to this episode uh, of the website um, you know how to find us I've just said I've just said how to find us um, but yeah it makes it very easy if you just hit subscribe on their podcast just borrow, the, borrow your friend's phone and just hit it uh, just search sifter uh, with the yellow icon um, that's all for now uh, thank you very much once again Nick Lowe and Lauren Fletcher for joining me on the show no thanks very much Mitch thanks so much for having us and until next time uh Have fun. My name is Kyle Paletto, and here at Sifter, we're proud to bring you some of the best independent games journalism in Australia. I'm excited to introduce a brand new weekly show to the Sifter roster, a gaming news show called Walkthrough. I'll let you know which company has been bought out this week, all the blockbuster titles that have just been announced, the controversies, and the exciting developments every Sunday. I'll also give you an update on the titles out this week and go in-depth with some of the biggest stories. I hope you'll join me as I guide you through the news on Walkthrough. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen. Hi, Chris Button here from Drop Rate, Sifter's video game review podcast. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is finally here, continuing the ambitious reimagining of a beloved classic. It's very, very funny. I guess like that's that's part of the silliness, you know. Like you have this these really big world-ending stakes. You know, Sephiroth is a really terrifying villain. You know, the world's ending, and I think to have a game that is still fun and pleasant to play, I think maybe the tone is kind of it's important to strike both tones because you need that levity so that it's not constantly depressing, you know. And I think so having the characters have that humor and like having the mini games and having it be a little bit lighter-hearted, I think does give you that hope. Does it uphold the legacy of the famous original or burn Midgar to ashes to forge its own path? Find out on Drop Rate, available now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs>